I'm Jo Doyle, this is my new podcast, She's a Fighter, looking to speak to combat athletes. Uh, for this first uh, episode, I'm going to hand you over to my sometimes co-host, James, um, and we'll have a quick chat. Okay, Jo, so, first thing we want to know is, give us a little bit about your background. So, before you started training, did you have a background in martial arts? What got you into it? So, I had no background in uh, martial arts, I've not done any... Um, combat sports or anything like that so um, my gym had been around for about four or five years and then they decided to do a women's course um, so it was a good opportunity to jump on the mat then so prior to that I'd done no combat sports. Right okay what gym's that which gym do you train at? SBG Bradford um, formerly known or still known as Team for Linkerdam. Under Mark Spencer your head coach? Yeah Mark Spencer um, is my head coach and I've been with him since day one. Great stuff. Yeah, uh, Max obviously been a staple of UK MMA for a long time, so some great coaching um, going on there, I'm sure. Just tell us a little bit about your training. Um, you know, what did you start with? Did you start with any specific aspects of martial arts? Obviously, MMA involves so much. Which was your go-to initially? Um, so I seem to take to the grappling side, uh, mainly jiu-jitsu, um, and then into the wrestling side. Um, before really doing any striking, I, I just really seemed to gel with it and um, enjoyed the competitions. Um, so that's what I kind of stuck to initially. I still took some striking um, classes, but it was mainly the BJJ that um, I really gelled with. Did you look to compete early, or how do you feel about competition early? Because a lot of people talk about competition, you know, furthering their game, showing people what they need to work on. How did you feel in regards to competition? Yeah, I competed quite early as a white belt um, because I just thought it's the best way to test myself, see if I'm doing the right things. Um, and I love comp- I love competing and I think I perform better in competition um, than I do in the gym. So it was it was a good way to test myself and see where I was at um, at a very early stage. And then once I'd done it once, I got a bit of a bug for it. So I kept competing um, at white belt and then on to blue belt. So blue belt, quite a jump there in, in the sense of uh, the level of competition. What was the time frame, would you say, from starting training to uh, to progressing to blue belt? Um, so I uh, I probably competed after about six months of being on the mat and then did about a solid year of, of, of doing as many comps as I, I possibly could. Um, and I, I got promoted, I think, within 18 months. Well, it, it was around the 18 months mark, I got promoted to blue belt um, So by Helen Curry. Um, so that was, um, you know, it was it was a big honour really to to be so early in my jiu-jitsu like career, I suppose, um, to get promoted and to someone that um, I really admired in the sport and um, enjoyed training with. I mean, Helen's been, you know, involved with jiu-jitsu for a long time, so I would say that anyone who you know, trains under Helen, they can go to with all any questions or anything. There's nothing Helen won't have seen in competition and in training. She, she's been a mainstay of uk jiu-jitsu so that's, that's a fantastic base there with the coaching you've got just with mark and helen um so moving on to there obviously you were uh, you kept training on jiu-jitsu what was the the focus shift for mma what what made you want to change or what was it that happened i just started taking more classes um, and i was interested in um interclubs so it was a, a way of like introducing me into mma but no headshots so there was a few local interclubs that were doing like am C rules what was well I think they do still call it MC rules. Um, so no headshots. So it was a good way to think, right, I can have that experience of trying to put my full game together, but not 
not jumping straight in, um, taking headshots, ground and pound. So that was uh, my next thing, doing a bit of body sparring. I, I was still training um, and sparring to the head, but it was a good way for my next stage of the competition to do into glove first. I think like even though you've not got headshots, that transition uh, of that amateur scene into club level is, is positive because you've got low kicks, which we see fights end through low kicks, you know, you've got body kicks. So that, I think that's a real good sort of way you've, you've looked to move through it. So after the sort of interclub phase, what was the progression to shows and like the amateur A rule set, which, uh, which is the mainstay of MMA right now? Um, so uh, it was just looking to get matched. So I was upping my training anyway from doing the interclubs. Um, again, doing competitions got me more of a buzz for wanting to do like the amateur A rule set. Um, so we just looked to get matched. There'd been um, an offer earlier in the year, um, but at the time it, it wasn't the right time for when I was training. So there was another opportunity on their next show, which was around the May, I think mean, that was 2016. So I put my name forward and, and we got matched um, there. So that was my first one that was a great fight um, and after that it was uh, pretty continuous then for the next three years that I was taking fights. Okay so after that how do you feel you know the experience of being in front of the crowd you know getting punched in the face that's that's a big jump again you've gone from jiu-jitsu to no headshots to then headshots you know was there a big change or how did you feel did you enjoy it did you enjoy the experience? The, do you know the first few fights there was no pressure I didn't feel any pressure so I um, I really enjoyed the buzz. I didn't get nervous, which was quite a strange thing for uh, when I do tell people that I, I just wasn't nervous at all. I just loved the the whole process of it. And I think as your record grows and as you take more fights, there is more pressure. Your name's out there a little bit more. But in them early days, I just went out and just went to fight, and that was it. Um, and and luckily, I got the wins early early on. Okay, so from there, you kind of you went four and on. Uh, the local scene. No, two and all. Two and all. My mistake. Yeah, two and all. And then you went to the IMAF training sessions. To yeah, so out. went to the tra uh, training day just for the experience, really, just to see where my le level was at. I'm hoping for lots of girls, to be honest, but there weren't that many at the training day. Um, it was a good experience, um, and just you know, it was nice to train with other people. I'd only really trained with my gym. So it was uh, good to do some sparring and uh, rolling with other other people, different coaches as well. Um, so it was just a, a way of exp more experience for me really. And then I got picked um, two weeks later, I found out that I'd been picked for the squad. So it was all gearing towards the, the Europeans then. So from what it sounds like, just going to get some training in and see where you were from your level, uh, a skill set to then actually being selected must have been a bit of a, uh, a bit of excitement about that how did you feel the the competition itself went so the Europeans in in itself what was the comp like and how how did you feel competing at that level yeah it was um definitely a new experience doing a tournament um and it, it, at that time I didn't know much about the IMAF tournaments um obviously I knew it was like the highest level for amateurs um in MMA um, and obviously now I know much more about it and their push for it to become part of the Olympics. Um, so, but at the time I didn't really know, so I was uh, I went in quite nervous of the the setup because I was so used to having my corner team. We drive down day before, weigh in, and then go back for fight day. You know, it was completely different from a show. So 
that took a little bit of adjustment and also being in a hotel walking around and seeing your opponent or seeing the people in your category that was quite daunting as well but once the week went on I got a real you know I, I was able because I was fighting at the end of the week able to watch the other my team members fight so that was quite fun because even though I'd not trained with these people or they weren't an affiliate to my gym I was cheering on with it really felt like a good team atmosphere we all came together as, a, as Team UK and um, so that was good as well and then the the thing that fired me up for the, the Europeans, I'd seen an article that said that um, is it going to be a, a Germany-Hungary final or a repeat because that was a semi-final in the previous tournament in Vegas and that really put a fire under me and I'm like, no way, no way am I being counted out before the, the first fight. So that really put a fire in me and then I drew Hungary in the first round so I was like, right, take out the number... Uh, the number two seed and then I'll take out the number one seed and that's what I did <laughs> yeah so obviously going from not really being known at that level two fights uh, under your belt prior to then and then going and, and, and taking the gold beating you know the C2 and and, and you know the, the highly touted uh, Julia Dorney in the final um, it must have it must have been a, a great feeling I remember sort of seeing you know on the podium with the gold and national anthem playing that must have been a real buzz for you how did that all feel you know the the wins and, and and what came after yeah it was brilliant it was something that I'd not even thought about going in because I was just so focused oh, I'm going to fight and and then when I won the first one and then won the second one I was like oh I've done it you know I've, I've, I've got that gold medal that it was what I was always aiming for however when it came down to it it was it was still a big uh, you know a big surprise that I'd, I'd I'd got to that level so quickly but again, I was just pushing myself all the time in the gym, so I knew I was prepared. Um, but yeah, like Julia to be in the final was, you know, she's gone on to be world and European um, champion, and then she's just you know, a bit of a shout out to her because she's just uh, won her pro debut. So that's good that she's she's continued on and into the pro ranks now. She's you know, and she's had a good amateur career. A lot of girls, you know, turn pro quite quickly, so she has had a, a good lengthy amateur career so that's cool to see um, something that I really push for, for for women if they ask me how long they should be amateur I always say as long as possible um, but anyway um, yeah it was it was a great experience great to be stood at the podium and hear the national anthem um, be played you know it was my Olympic moment that that you know I've grown up with the Olympics all my life we were a family that always watched um, the Olympics so yeah it was it was a great moment for me Okay, so moving on from there, you're back in the UK. I have to imagine coming back, you know, you're now sitting at 4 and 0. You've you've just come back from in the Europeans. How was it getting matched up back on the domestic scene? Yeah, I really couldn't. Um I was putting my name out pretty much all over the UK, um trying to get me matched. Um there were a Cage Warriors um show it was called BCMMA. It's now Cage Warriors Southeast. Um, they were trying to get me matched for a long time. Um but couldn't. Um, and my next two fights were both on that show and it was them contacting us um, on short notice because they'd had pullouts. So they were trying to match me at Bantamweight because featherweight was always too too big for me. I, you know, I was weighing in at 63 kilos after not really doing much um, dieting. Um, so yeah, Bantamweight was where I wanted to be at that point. Um, but they couldn't get me matched, so they contacted saying that they'd got a, a 
two pullouts of featherweight. The one that was in the, I think, May time, and possibly one a bit later in the July, something like that. And um, yeah, I took them one on a week notice, one on about four days notice made featherweight easily uh, and went down there on short notice just to get the fights in and the, the, you know the two girls I, I did have more experience with from them but they'd done a night week camp and I'd taken you know the two fights on short notice as I was cutting down to Banson so I was still light again and and I managed to get them to two first round finishes so that that was a really good feeling to, to show that I was still training enough that I could go in there um, and, and, and not just fight but to get the finishes as well so and I really enjoyed being on that show it was a really great show well run always had female fights so it was a good show to be on as well great promoter and uh, Jack um, so yeah yeah really enjoyed that show yeah Jack does a great job down there with his show um, he always has women competing you know he's, he's, he's flying women in and you know I, can't say enough good things about what they do. So we'll look at moving on from there, sitting at six and oh, your next fight was um, a local fight. Yeah, that was a that was um strange for me because I'd done six fights away from home or you know, travelling, Gloucester, Birmingham, Dirt Prague. So yeah, the the next one was in Leeds uh, on a great show Almighty. Um, and that was for a title and against someone who I, I cannot speak highly uh, any highly about like Louise Hiller who's amazing and um, when we got matched I was really excited I'd, I'd seen her fights um, and a bit of a fan really um, on the amateur scene because anyone who knows me knows I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to women's MMA um, especially at amateur level because I think there needs to be some someone out there to push um, these girls at amateur because you know we are a little bit behind the lads you know these these shows are getting stacked out with male fighters and it's nice to see now that we're getting plenty of female amateurs on these shows and pros as the, well that was the first uh, female fight that almighty had had yeah i think point. so i think so um yeah so and it was nice that they the, the put it for a title as well and that was a great fight it was my first experience of five rounds um and, and it was just a good fight really back and forth um you know she had a great game plan which I, I've only got respect for you know that you know she's a great grappler as well, and but she knew that you know keeping it off the ground is 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 where she wanted to take the fight, and she did, and um, yeah, it was a brilliant fight. I loved it actually. It was it was my first experience of loss, but I couldn't. If I was going to lose my zero, I'm happy that it went to Louise because um, yeah, I've only got respect for for her, and I'm excited to see her come back. Um, you know, we chat quite regularly, we, you know, we catch up all the time, so it's nice that we've stayed friends, you know, even though we've shared a cage, it's, um, it just shows that respect that you have for each other and, and your competitors, and yeah, hopefully we're going to get some training together, and I can't wait to see what she does next, it's really exciting to see her back on the scene, because um, yeah, she's been missed, definitely. Okay, so, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about your experience and such, I think it'd take a a whole length uh, another hour or so just to go through the rest of the fight so we will come back to them at another point but sort of sitting there at six and one you know we know you went on to be involved with um, more IMAF, IMAF tournaments um, you know as a competitor at the Worlds in Bahrain which I'm sure you want to talk about that experience at some point because that was you know remarkable it was it was a great city a great country to visit um, you know you went on 
you, you competed in Romania. Um, wanted to ask you a little bit now, though, about the coaching role, how that developed, and, and, and what your 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 role consists of, really. Uh, so basically, when I, I went back to the Europeans um, in Romania, I was the only female. Um, we had had two females when we went to Bahrain. Um, there was me and Casey. Um, but then when we went to Romania, there was just myself again. So in the three tournaments that that we'd done, there was only one or two females competing. Um, and the president had come over of the UK MMAF Windy, and he, he he said to me, he said, why why are there not more girls here why, why? Um, and that was kind of a bit of a um, it was like me opening a door and I just kind of blurted out loads of reasons why there weren't girls um, coming to the trials coming to compete um, and I had loads of ideas that um, I wanted to put across because I'd been waiting for that moment for someone to ask me I'd been very lucky traveling to the IMAS because I've, I've, I've traveled with you, James, like I've traveled and had a coach there. Um, and I think that's what women need. Women need a familiar face, um, someone that can ask, answer the questions. They need to know everything that's going on in a competition before they actually do it, where I think lads do it all a bit last minute and just like, yeah, I'm gonna fight. So that, that that's, that's kind of it for them. But I think women need to know a little bit more and have that support um, and that's what, I wanted to, I, at the time I didn't realise he was going to offer me the coaching role but I think I must have said enough things that he thought that I knew I would pull in more girls and, and uh, I think within a week of us getting back he offered me the coaching role um, and said can, you know can you basically turn it around and bring more girls in and I said 100% I knew I, knew I could um, so I think I was going on holiday and I spent most of that holiday just contacting every as many amateurs, not I'm not gonna say every, but as many am amateurs as I knew, or we'd we'd kind of had conversations and just started off with the girls that I knew on the scene, um, and just said, look, there's this opportunity. Gave them as much information as I could because I'd experienced it three times now, um, and then set up a trial date, and, and and it was great. We got six girls at the first trials, so it was jumping from one person or two person to six coming to the trials, and they were all. They weren't coming to the trials to test themselves, they were coming to the trials because they wanted to make the team. Um, and that was great to see. I think it was um, it was fantastic just to see the growth immediately. I think, you know, it, it can be a bit daunting, um, you know, going to a foreign country to fight, but I always felt that, you know, you having myself there, I know Marie's fought there and and and, and, and Casey fought there, they had their coach. I think it's nice to have that kind of familiar face as you said or someone you can relate to even better in this instance you know the girls have got uh, another girl who's been there and done it and won it and, and medaled numerous times um, at those tournaments so I think that was a massive benefit and I, I, I personally I'm not sure at this moment but I'm sure other nations will start to follow that pattern you know to develop a, a female squad so in that first outing as a coach um, one of the girls that you took out there took a gold, Megan Morris. Uh, how did that feel going from obviously competing and being on that podium to seeing one of the girls you'd you'd helped along the way? Yeah, well, it, it, it were unbelievable. Um, I actually, I think at that experience, um, and, and then again, moving on to the, to the Europeans that we've just done, seeing someone win, even, even just win their first fight or on that sort of stage, I, I got such a good feeling from it I, you know I didn't think that it'd ever compete with myself competing and getting that win but it really did it was it was 
it was such a high that I got from watching these girls that, you know, had trusted me. I'm not saying that I played any part in their training. They've got all come from amazing teams. It's their, their own coaches that got them there. But the fact that they trusted me to come and do this big tournament, it, it can be quite stressful in the build-up. Um, and then go on to get the win. Oh, it was unbelievable, absolutely brilliant experience, you know. And, and I, I cornered Megan in, in her fights in Bahrain, so that was that was great. It was really, it was great, and it, you know, me and Megan have become really good training partners and friends now. So yeah, it was um, a brilliant experience, and I got to do it alongside my head coach, Mark Spencer. You know, we cornered Megan, um, and that was a great experience because I've learnt so much from him as a competitor, but I'm, I'm now learning so much from him as a coach. You know, it, it was a brilliant experience. So, um, you know, the success you had as a coach, I'm sure that the uh, UK MMAF people will have been happy with you. Um, the idea after that, come back, compete, come back, focus on coaching, what was the plan? So after, um, so that was um, in November. So yeah, it was come back and try and, I knew the Europeans would be around um, June time. So I, I, it gave me an opportunity to focus on my training. Um, so as of like January, I had a bit of time off at Christmas, as we all do. Um, but yeah, I, I came back in January to, to hopefully get matched, which I, I struggled to do. Um, so then my focus switched to, to getting more BJJ comps in, um, putting the uh, the gear on, <laughs> um, which is something that I, I do do regularly, but I really upped it this year. Um, at the start of the year to, to, to just train more in the gi. I think it's good for grips and it, well, it's good for the whole game. It's just I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as the no gi. Um, so that was my focus and then went to do a grappling comp around the same time. So I think this was around March time. Um, there was a fight that was really exciting to watch um, that was down on again on the um, Cage Warriors South East show. I was really excited to watch the fight. Two great competitors, um, one that was undefeated, and another girl who's, who's, who's got belts in other um, organisations, Molly and uh, Kerry. So yeah, it was, a, it was it was a great fight. And then I'd seen that um, Molly had had to pull out for health reasons. Um, so it was an opportunity. It was three weeks away. Um, so I just mess uh, well, my coach messaged the uh, promoter and and said, you know, would I be able to step in? And, and they, they, they accepted the fight pretty quickly, to be honest. So I went from, yeah, just training, training regularly because I was really into getting some more BJJ comps in, um, to, yeah, straight into fight camp, three-week camp. Um, bit of weight to lose. Um, yeah, so, um, and then after the grappling comp that I did down, I think it, it was down in London, I did Cleos um, and took bronze. Um, I was awarded my purple belt by Mark Spencer, which was just huge. Um, like it was something that I didn't expect. Um, I'd been working hard and like, you know, my fights, I tried to finish fights, you know, with submissions and things like that. But it was something that I really didn't, uh, it was a bit of an honor really to, to, to get that and to get that in my gym and um, for Mark to be the one giving my purple belt, that was pretty amazing. So it was a good start to my camp. Um, was getting my purple belt. Okay, so you did the comp, you took bronze in the gi, which yep. uh, is a big accomplishment. I know, you, like you say, you're not a fan of the gi. You promote to purple belt, and it, and and you see this title fight all 
all at the same time. Yep. So there's a lot going on there. So going into the fight, how did you feel? Oh, I th- it's the best I've ever felt. Um, obviously, I wasn't on weight, so I, it was quite lucky. I was um, I was doing some sparring um, and training with um, helping them prep for their fight. So I was um, my friend Lange. She had a big fight, I think, to defend her title. Um, so yeah, so it was great that I was already in that mindset of sparring. I was doing a bit of sparring with Megan as well. Um, just to keep us both sharp um, so yeah we were uh, I was in that mindset because my sparring was on point because I was I, it was funny because Lanche's opponent um, the style was very similar to my style so I was in that mind frame of what I was going to do in a fight so I was trying to push her by using my style anyway so yeah it was um, it, it was really good that my training was on point even though I didn't know about the title fight so it just up Everything just upped, um, like I work full time, so we just tried to get some time off so that I could really focus. And, and I have to say, as much as it was only a three week camp, it's the best I've ever felt in the cage. Um, and this was at Bantamweight, so I fought at Featherweight, Bantamweight, and Flyweight. Um, so this one was at Bantamweight, and yeah, I felt great in there. Even after three weeks, um, the mindset was all correct, um, the game plan was all on point and we managed to, to get that finish in the first round against someone who was undefeated going in there and, and the pound for pound um, <clears throat> pound for pound uh, number one amateur in the UK she was 8-0 so it was nice there to secure my place at the top even though they won't put me in the rankings but that's <laughs> a, that's definitely for another discussion <laughs> yeah as I say there's probably going to be a lot of things like you know you touched on there um, working full time you work shifts I'm sure that you could do an episode just on that based about you know how you manage dealing with that because it's something that affects your camps um, a great deal. So from there, you know, you've been focusing on yourself a little bit. I know the Europeans have just uh, come and gone. How uh, was that whole experience? Yeah, so that was that was a great experience again. So we went with six to the World Championships in Bahrain and then we took 10 girls out, um, five of which, you know, returned. So that was also a, 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 a great, oh no, sorry, four of which returned. So. Um, that was great that we'd kept four girls that had, had done the world championship. So, um, yeah, ten girls out. Um, four of them were juniors. Six were in the senior categories, and they all performed brilliantly. Um, they all had tough fights. Um, whatever round that they started, the drawing because you know sometimes you can get buys um, and things like that in the smaller categories for the women, especially in the juniors. Um, but they all performed absolutely brilliant. And to take 10 girls out and then come away with um, five medals, which were all gold and silver, um, it's just a brilliant experience. They, they, they all did themselves proud and they all listened and they all they all worked together. It was really good to see, really good to see. Great, so that kind of brings up to today. What's going on with you now? What's next? Where are we sitting? Yeah, so we're uh, cur- currently um, in Santa Monica, in California. So we've um, just come out for a little trip. Spend so much time, um, like either going to a country and fighting or coaching. So we decided to come out here and spend most of it in a gym. So yeah, so we spent um, some time um, at Box and Burn. We have two gyms over here. Um, one in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood, and we did their level one and level two boxing course. So that was great to, to meet the team, really. We've met some really cool people run by uh, Tony Jeffries and Glenn Holmes. 
um, and it was just it's nice for me to go from a fighter mindset to coaching you know I've done coaching in my own gym and um, also the coaching at the the IMF tournament so it was it was nice to get um, to do a course really to to really see other people's um, uh, just how they teach it and um, especially with boxing like as a jiu-jitsu fighter and, and a submission fighter it was great to see that other um, aspect and really add to my to my game and and hopefully improve in the future and I'm excited to go back and uh, to put it into practice yeah it's been great meeting some of the team Tony, Glenn, Josh, um, Kerry and so many other people massive shout Steve out to Steve for well. putting you through your workout <laughs> yesterday I don't know if we can shout him out for that because I'm aching today <laughs> yeah well I'm shouting him out anyway so what's next what's the plan next so just um, go back um, diet which uh, you know after eating tacos most days uh, I'm going to be a bit gutted about but yeah just going back getting my training back on point um, I do like training over the summer with the heat, I, I, it's something that I've always enjoyed. Whether it's because I lose weight quicker, maybe is the is the main thing. But yeah, just um, get my diet back on point because it's been a bit of an up and down year from losing twenty two pounds to make weight to then being able to relax a little bit with my diet. And I think my my body needed it after thirteen fights in in less than three years. Um, so yeah, it's it's been nice to have a bit of time off and. And relax with the diet but I want to get back on point now um, and get back to training you know training regular um, and yeah just training everything I want to to get back in the mats and help my teammates we've got some good fights coming up for, for my own team so I'll be excited to, to be on the mats for them as well um, so yeah so that's that's what I want to do just straight back into it when I get home after the jet lag <laughs> yeah that's been a killer so as we've explained at the beginning, this is uh, you're going to kind of be in my role um, most of the time. You'll have guests on your show talking about different things. Um, what we're going to finish up with now is some quick fire, or as we usually term it, slow fire questions oh, with you. I'm rubbish because so I explain everything too much. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot then. Okay, your favourite fighter to watch? Um, Gaethje. Gaethje, okay. Favourite female fighter of all time? Of all time, Misha Tate, without a doubt. Um, everyone knows how much I'm a massive fan. Um, at the moment, um, obviously, Misha's not fighting at the minute, but Rose, I love Rose. Yeah, good call. Um, Favourite fight, all-time fight? Um, I would say female. I'd say Misha winning the title. That was great to see after all ups and downs. You know, she's, she's someone that I love because she bounces back she's 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 proud of like wins and losses and um yeah that was a great fight to see a beat holly and i am a big holly fan anyway but um yeah okay so we spoke about how you've been a bit of a road warrior fighting you know different countries different continents favorite country or city you've visited um florida tampa um, and Clearwater, we went to Clearwater after the fight, so yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. Definitely. Okay, when you're in camp, three things you must have in your fridge. Um, fiber one, the most important thing that gets me through a camp is my fiber one. Um, chicken and broccoli. <laughs> Exciting. Favorite cheat meal? Pizza and wine. <laughs> Favorite workout song that you've ever gone out to? Oh, it's got to me. Like, I have to thank my teammate Marie Spencer for finding this song. It is the killer song, Skylar Grey, um, Wreak Havoc. 
I love my workout song now. No one's taking that. <laughs> okay, so any shout outs you want to give um, before we uh, close this episode? Yeah, I just want to thank all my sponsors. Um, everyone knows my sponsors because I try and shout them out as much as I can, but I'm just going to go through them quickly. Um, so Graham Middleton, my brother, who sponsored me to get to, get to some amazing countries to fight. Um, light balls for prepping my food. Warrior women for the extra coaching and also some cool um, training gear as well. Um, and the advice definitely on the nutrition, which I always need. Um, right bike, again, helping me to get to some really cool places. Um, and they've been with me from day one. Um, Floatology, again, another day one um, that just look after my body and also get that downtime as well um, for me to relax and um, help with the mind. <laughs> the, you know to be able to to have an hour where i can just be with my own thoughts in the float tank amazing and donna always looks after my body as well and also um yourself james doyle um who supported me again from day one with everything to do with my fight camps um i've started working with uh, joel um gartland as well um for my strength and conditioning it's really up to my game really enjoy training with him every week um you know, whether it's in camp or out of camp, you know, we're, we're always training um, to get better. Um, and then la- last but not least, um, my, my team. I just first want to mention AVMA over in Keithley. So if you're ever in that area, check them out. Um, Dwayne and Jackie Harper, uh, great coaches. Um, and they always support me in every camp and I go and do some cross training over there. Um, so thank you to them and then my team SBG Bradford, Mark Spencer, Marie Spencer and, and all my coaches there, um, yourself, um, James and everyone who, who's played a part in um, in me doing what I've done for the last five years you know I couldn't do it without them, the people who were on the mats and training with me, Mark for his continued support like He's, he's a brilliant coach and he's always supported me whatever I've decided to do or if I'm taking time out or which is very rarely but um, yeah he's always been there for me um, so yeah thank you so much great stuff so we'll keep you updated on future episodes you can follow Joe on Instagram um, there will be an account set up for the show as well on Instagram so fire over any information any questions anything you want to know Joe Doyle enemy <laughs> thanks for listening